ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Dallas, Texas, it's the Yankee Cowboy Podcast with your host, Tim Wilkins, where he talks all things pro wrestling and sports. Let's go. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm your host, the one, the only, or maybe not the only, but Tim Wilkins. And I'm joined by my uh, co-host of co-hosts, Christopher, joining me again for another topic of great conversation. It is why, oh, why the two 203's youngest sons decide to get up and leave. It's a good conversation. I think we've even had this conversation many times, but I think the uh, the masses probably are pretty much on the same page as us, and there's probably many stories that are like us uh, across this great, great country, but we're only two out of the millions and millions, as The Rock would say, that have left the 203. Chris, thank you for joining me yet again. Let's have this great conversation of why the, the two of us get the hell up out of the 203. Yep, nutmeggers by birth, and uh, a cowboy, and a, I don't want to say a Tar Heel. <laughs> I don't know. You sure? You sure I, not a Tar Heel yet? You know? <laughs> I'm not a Tar Heel. Hell no. <laughs> nope. No, 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 uh, no repping any Tar Heel stuff around here. Yeah. But, yeah, man. Uh, I think, so this give a full context here. We both live in, obviously, two different states. You no, know, Chris does not live in Texas. And no, I don't live in North Carolina. Uh, so obviously decisions were made either during college, after college, etc. Before college. <laughs> well, for you, yeah, it was before college. <laughs> for me, at it birth, was at birth. <laughs> at birth, yeah, I came out of the wrong state. You know, I came, I came out of a blue state, so I was like, shit, get the hell out of here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll let you go first, tell the story. I'll tell my story after because mine's not really complex, but. Obviously, I did it after you did. So, <laughs> yeah. So my, you know, my up, up upbringing, say up birth. That's not a word. Um, my upbringing was obviously I was born in the state of Connecticut. Um, I'm a nutma- nutmegger by birth, as I said. I'm from the anti-constitution state, as they call it, or they what they call the constitution state, aka the anti-constitution state. But when I was growing up, my father is from South Carolina, so. I used to spend a lot of time coming down every summer to the uh, to, to the south, and um, you know, basically my bloodline runs through the state just below us, the great the uh, great state of South Carolina. So, when opportunity and and career aspirations and goals were were on the table as I was finishing high school, I said I'm getting out of Connecticut and I'm moving south, and hopefully, not turning uh, not not making the turn back at any point in life, and uh, it's been uh, 14 years since I've officially uh, denou- denounced my residency from the state of Connecticut, and uh, yeah, haven't looked back since. Yeah, see, see, mine, my story was I waited till after I graduated from said great anti-con, you know, the anti-constitution states university there, home of the 90th time women's NCAA champions there, uh, you know, and when I graduated. The job market was hot garbage. I mean, it was 
worse than it is now. And inflation wasn't at its all-time high either. So, and the cost of living probably was, was half of what we were going through now. And uh, me, once the opportunity, I did my internship in the field that I studied. That obviously, that field wasn't going to go anywhere because I didn't know really where to go. Uh, Job-wise, there's only <laughs> maybe 150 to 200 jobs open for said position and about 10,000 applicants. So you figure out the math there on your percentage of opportunity there. Uh, I better chance of getting a Powerball ticket winner than I do getting a job there. So that being said, I stayed in the industry that I worked in at the time, uh, and I made the decision to go to Texas. Mind you, I have never actually stepped foot in the great state of Texas before I moved down here. I just went on a whim. Not really a whim, but it was well-deserved and well-doing. So, But you always wanted to – I like the no state income tax. We'll talk about those benefits later. Of uh, you, you obviously knew you were going to go to North Carolina, Chris, when you right out of Notre Dame or go out of high school there. And uh, Once we figure that out. I mean, I stuck around for high, I stuck around for college, so it's it is what it is. But career-wise, it was a no-brainer for us. I think. I don't know. I feel bad for our friends, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you get the same feeling whenever we do go home, whether it be for a high school reunion or see family or friends. But you always get the feeling like everyone's miserable up there. Like I, I've never, you never see people who are, uh, you know, you always see people why. They just seem like they're just miserable. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if it's the caught everything so expensive, but there's nothing to do. But there's just everyone just seems like they are just not in a good frame of mind at times when you're, when you're in the uh, in Connecticut. Well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll agree. You know, I agree. My family's been there my entire life, and and I can tell you from experience that. Uh, the, the politics of that state sure the hell don't make it any easier for anyone to live there. I'll tell you that. Forget the cost of living aside. For people to live there in that state, so full exposure, full exposure on this state, by the way. Uh, I live in a state now that doesn't have state income tax. If I go back to Connecticut, you got 23 or 24% state income tax. You get taxed every year on your car uh, ownership if you do own a car. And that's not optional. That's mandatory. And it's based on the city in which that you live in, the year and make of your car, and it's you can't really argue it. Also, your housing, your real estate taxes. Uh, sorry, but Connecticut does have some really awesome schools. But, man, they like to deep dive into your pocket every year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially for the lowest of – no offense to the Bridgeport, to the port – we love the port long time. My family's been in history in the port, but uh, Family Guy's analogy is pretty damn true. Uh, oh. Mine is Steel Point, which, by the way, still looks like a shithole. <laughs> Steel Point 10 years ago. Yep. Um, but, and they, so the biggest thing for me was this full disclosure. My family still works at one of the biggest, real, you know, real, you know, employers in the state. Uh, now is known called M&T Bank. Um, they were formerly known as People's United Bank, and my dad has been there for 20, 35, going on 30, 
36 years. So family of the deport is there. I know your family still has a long history in the deport. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, we, I think we should probably discuss if you, it, it's really what now is why it's so awesome to be down South. <laughs> let, let, let's, I guess let's touch on, you know, let, let me ask you a trivia question. Yeah. True or false. Did Connecticut always have a state income tax? That is a negatory false. That is very. You are one hundred percent correct. They, they mean, were trying. They were trying to compete with New Hampshire. Yeah. Job market, and that's when, at the same time, they did not have income tax. Yeah. Obviously, when they can't run a port of John, and they budget, and next thing you know, we, you know, got screwed over. People don't realize, and and. People don't realize that the state, up until the early 90s, was thriving. I mean, maybe thrived a little bit after, but people don't realize from the perspective of, of business, because, um, like, my aunt, she worked for um, the people that made uh, Canada Dry Ginger Ale, their, their parent company. They were based in Connecticut. You had all the pharmaceutical companies, you know, the Purdue's and the um, Bayer Corporation. Like, Connecticut was a, was a huge huge industry because people were leaving Massachusetts, were leaving New York to be to to companies were to to get out of those to to basically abate the 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 taxes that they corporate taxes. And up until unfortunately I was a Republican, Lowell Weicker in the ninety early nineties passed uh the state income tax. And then from there the state really kind of went down from hill. But at one time Connecticut was a you know, I, I wouldn't look at it from a Florida perspective, but definitely had its, uh, you know, compared to its, you know, its neighbors around it was a was a state that had a lot of good going for it. And then basically they just started attacking people out the wazoo. Yeah. And then we, you know, and, and the thing is, I think as kids, when we were growing up, we always saw that positivity, I guess you can say, or even success for the state kind of trickle down to everybody else. I mean, we, we went to school in a pretty predominant area, uh, home of the now only manufacturer of light bulbs that are known as General Electric. Well, they moved to Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, and they moved to Massachusetts. But when we were in school, they were right down the damn street. Yeah, uh, you, had a lot of, you had a lot of business. You had, uh, you know, obviously, General Electric was there. You had um, Remington Arms was there. Yep, Remington was around uh, the some of the other companies but but there were a lot time. of major companies and then all of a sudden we became this insurance capital and some of these insurance companies i don't know about you but i never heard of them like travelers never heard of them never heard of some of these big you know big big firms i'm sitting there going okay maybe they're moving up from new york or something and then one of the big splashes i think when we were in high school was when nbc sports announced they're building a complex in stanford and that kind of perked a lot of our interests. Like a lot of us kids were like, "Ooh, we might be able to go work for them." And yeah, that none of us really took up on that. So, it the job market started to saturate and go bad back in 2008 when we graduated high school, and it was bad. I mean, it was companies that were mass exodus, and they still are. I mean, I, I feel bad for a lot of people because there's really not anything. Unless you work in a white collar job, there's really or a union job, I'll say that as well. There's really nothing keeping you there. I mean, nothing. Yeah. 
Oh, no, I think a lot of people, I and mean, you know, the typical thing is how many, I think we'd say to ourselves, how many people from that state, or even a lot of them northern states, would be New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, how many of them say, hey, when I retire, I'm going to move, so I'm going to move up north. Everybody's moving to Florida, North Carolina, Texas, Georgia, South Carolina. Everyone, the minute they have the ability to, to uh, get out, they are not wasting any time. It's in fact, I'm sure you've seen people have talked about the cost of a U-Haul truck being more, being way more expensive to take said U-Haul truck out of the state than it is to reverse and go the other way. Oh yeah, had it happen many times, many friends. Um, but at the same time, you see in the state, why? See the, we as young people didn't think anything of it. We're like, all right, we'll stay here. You know, our families are here. But for us, when we go home, it. I feel I don't know about you, Chris, but I feel like I'm running for political office when I go home. It's very short lived. It's kind of a, a rush scenario. Like I don't get to kind of take a rest and to sit down and enjoy myself. I got people to see things to do. And I feel like I'm kind of rushed around. But, you know, there's nothing really attractive to keep me there, wanting to go there, live there every day. <laughs> no, I, agree. I agree. Minus the pizza. By, by the way, if you ever yeah. don't, you, if you don't yeah, like pizza, go 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 on the other side. Go to California and fall off a cliff or something. I don't know what to tell there, you. There are a couple things I would say, and we can probably go through. What, what are some things that we miss about? And I think, obviously, the food would be one of them. I would say number one is the uh, the Mayor Canteen on on Main Street Bridgeport. And, and good old good shout out to Jay by the way, still yeah. owning that place, man. I, I yeah. think every time I come home, I see him. Uh, yeah. that, that place is, is a long time, long term, long history establishment. Mm. The good old city of An Bridgeport, institution, as they say, it's an institution. And uh, another great institution of the Great Two Hundred Three, my favorite place to go, and that of course is Pepe's Pizza in New Haven. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I know we're getting a little off topic here. But <laughs> here we go. Um, I've had both. I've, I've had Peppy's and I, I've had we, Sally's. Okay, let me tell I, you, I'll explain. I'll explain the problem here. And I'm not a. I am not a person that doesn't care about the taste of pizza. But all three of those modern pizza, Sally's, Peppy's. You know what the driving factor is on which one we go to? This guess. Uh, which which line's the shortest? Uh, you damn right. <laughs> yeah. So listen, yes. all I think we universally can agree that all three are amazing, but how long the fucking line is, excuse my language, and how long I want to wait there for a pizza, is always a deciding factor in which one we go to. Especially on Thanksgiving weekend. Yep. That line's yep. out the yin yang. <laughs> I, I got to give it to Sally's, but I mean it is like nitpicky. It's just, I don't know. Sally's is classic. Like, I'm not saying Peppy's isn't either. I feel like Peppy's, and I'm not, I'm not, by no means, I'm not crapping on Peppy's. I feel like when they started to branch out, like when they opened at uh, Foxwoods or Mohegan Sun, and then they opened their second, they opened their second location in Fairfield. I mean, it's very difficult when you have, when you have a business to be able to, uh, to sustain quality and have the same thing come out every single time with, with something as, uh, well, I agree. I agree. So I, I, I think, I think, and I'm just nitpicking. But I'm well, just. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, man. I don't know about you, but I have not been to the the ones in Fairfield or the ones at the Mohegan Sun or the uh, the one. Yeah, you know, I've always been to New Haven because that's where, to me, like, that's where you get your quality 
all the time. You know, I know it's a little bit of a drive for each of us. I mean, uh, either way, from where my family lives and where your family lives, it's a good half-hour drive regardless half to, go, to go to New Haven. Uh, which, by the way, shout out to finally them finishing the I-91, I-95 story out there. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've been home in a while, but they finally finished that whole construction project. Remember back when you're going through New Haven and they went to the left and they went to the right for 995 and 991. By the way, all that finished now. It's pretty freaking sweet. I don't know if I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember. It was, it was bad. It was pretty bad for accidents and stuff. So they finally finished I, that project. I remember growing up when uh, when they were widening. Uh, this, is, this is when I think we were all growing up. Uh, it took them 15 years to add an extra lane on I-95 through Bridgeport, right around exit. I remember exit 27A moved. Oh yeah, that's about, a good right there. Good old that, that moved about. Uh, that exit probably moved 20 times since it since uh, since Bird. Well, it probably it finally has final resting place where it's sitting now. I don't think it's going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. A good a good shout out to 203 as well is when they got rid of and I'll say it when the Bridgeport Bluefish departed. To become an amphitheater that happened obviously in the last couple of years and believe me while we're having like rendezvous of nostalgia here the reason why we talk about it is because we as the two of us have fond memories of the place like we don't hate where we came from it's we we wish that what those nostalgia moments were that people down south hopefully have the same opportunities they have uh and love their cities and where they're from but for us, there was a decision made at some point to make to go down south. And our lives have drastically changed for the better since moving down south. Obviously, Chris, I, I you got a beautiful family. I don't have a family uh, with any kids or anything. Uh, you know, got a nice, I got a lot, a lot of cool stuff. That's what I say. I have a nice income. But other than that, you know, we live pretty good lives down south you know minus the heat though i don't know about you it's humid as hell it's hot hey, it's, a tra- alligators. <laughs> it's, it's a trade-off i mean you figure okay for the months that it's hot in our uh, current residences we'd be uh freezing our butt off uh, well I'll, I'll disagree with you mine's like four months <laughs> mine's basically a, a nine or ten month long season of warm weather <laughs> nah, I, mean, you're, I mean you're basically in the alamo bud <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> But, but but let's go back to uh, you know why why we left and what are some of the reasons and I think you can talk about from perspective of a young person you know whether it be a millennial or a Gen X like yeah there's nothing so, to do would you agree there's nothing to do and there's nothing to do I mean for a lot of us upstate up north up north there's only two things to do you go to Boston or New York City to hang out Bingo. party Bingo. time right and so you either got to take a train to Boston because you don't want to feel like driving and pay for parking and all that other bull stuff that goes with that or you go to new york city and take the train down there and you go and you couldn't take a train home like there's really not much you can do uh go watch a yankee game go watch a Sox game etc uh go watch a comedy show go to broadway if that's your deal uh now if you go to new york city you gotta deal about crime mm-hmm. and unfortunately it's gotham city down there and it is probably the worst analogy ever to use but it is true it is the inmates are running the asylum down there, and I'm, I feel bad for this great people of New York City because their city is a shell of itself of what it used to be. Back to um, it's almost it's almost back to where it was in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. Well, that's what I was going to say. You might as well put a Peep and Tom theater right there in Middle of Times Square. You might get more audience. I don't know. Exactly. Uh, 
Oh, sorry. Everyone, look up your nostalgia history on that one. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't yeah, happen. New York, New York, and folks, if you're if you're listening and you're not familiar with New York in the late '70s, early '80s, it was parts of parts of Harlem and parts of Harlem like Beirut, Lebanon, looked like they got bombed out. It, yep. It's a far cry from what it is now. So, but yeah, I think, I mean, if you, I, I remember growing up, I remember going home for uh, on a college uh, college you know uh, summer breaks. Remember we go you know when I was of uh, of legal drinking age. Uh, and if you we, weren't, uh, well, you you know, you just stayed. Yeah, well, we we, we won't <laughs> But uh, I remember you going go out. Great, you go to the grape down there in Fairfield. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember going out a couple times and uh, ordering a, you know, a, a a bottom shelf liquor drink, and it was nine or ten bucks, and I'm like, man, I can order yeah, two of these in uh, North Carolina and get a good buzz, and I can't even get a buzz up here because uh, it's too darn expensive. Yeah, see, that's the thing about me. I, I didn't experience that. I think I experienced that the first day I was here in Texas, where I was like, oh, everything's kind of, you know, reasonably priced. <laughs> it's not ridiculous amounts for, you know, one drink of liquor. And I'm like, really? All right. Which, by the way, I understand there's a, pro- there's a cost of doing business. And if you look up rents right now in the city of Stanford right now, it's like almost 2600 bucks for a one-bedroom. Madness. I mean, and, who can afford that? Exactly. I mean, so that's, that's that tells me that you either gotta live, you gotta be working in Manhattan, bringing home a decent paycheck to pay for that, because that that's insane. Um, but but you even look on something like Zillow or Redfin or one of these, and you're looking for a, you know, if you're, you know, young family, maybe you have a kid, or you want a little more, you know, you want to live in suburbia. Um, the cost to live in suburbia in Connecticut is outrageous. I mean. That's about, what you can, that's, about, that's probably half a million dollars, dude. Yeah. What you could get for half a million dollars up there compared to what you get for half a million dollars in the South or even in some, some northern states that have reasonable, um, you know, that are reasonable. It, it, it's crazy. Yep. It's absolutely crazy. Absolutely 100% right, man. And the thing is, so for us, it was, for as a young person's perspective, it was the cost of living, uh, the opportunities to go out and have a good time, for me anyway, was to always have something to do which dallas itself there's always plenty of things going on heck i just went to go see red hot chili peppers uh i don't think i've ever seen red hot chili peppers in our area back home when i was a kid but there's plenty of concerts going on uh i am not a fan by any means of the sporting teams of the dallas star aka the cowgirls cowboys whatever you want to call them not a fan of them I'm not a fan of the Mavericks, even though I do respect one player on the Mavericks, and Dirk Nowitzki. He's retired. Good guy. Not a fan of Mark Cuban. But Dallas Stars are pretty decent. They can speed up on the New York Rangers all they want. I know he has a sore subject. Uh, but honestly, for you, I, 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 for, for you, it was primarily work, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. No, it was a career opportunity that I always wanted to do, and the only way for me to really achieve said goal was to move south, and uh, yeah, we did it. So, you know, it was it was one of those deals where if you want to if you want to live out a uh, lifelong dream, you gotta gotta go where the opportunities are, and that that led me here to led me here to the south. So, yeah, for me, I, the I don't know, for me, the hardest part was actually because my my move kind of wasn't planned like long long term. It was pretty much it all came about within about a six week period of time. Like it was, I was graduating, 
and uh, you know, obviously, you know, the day of your graduation, that's pretty much set in stone from like the beginning of the year. And I didn't get any traction for the job market, so I started trying to get some traction around March, and then finally, I got an opportunity in Dallas. And it was kind of difficult for me as a grown man to come down to my dad, talk to my dad, and be like, hey, man, I'm moving <laughs> to Dallas. Which, for me, it kind of goes parallel to what he did. Uh, he, he went from Florida after getting out of the Army to Connecticut. And so it's kind of ironically funny how we both went to, I, you know, he went north and I went south. Just how it worked out. Um, but, yeah, we have a lot of parallels with some of the things that we both went through. And it's kind of funny. The stories we actually talk about very much have groups of friends that you first meet when you get moved to a new city that you don't know. Um, mistakes you make when you move to a new city. But it made us better, in my opinion. I mean, minus the politics of it or the politics that we deal with living in the states that we deal with. It, I don't miss minus our families. I don't think we miss the 203 too much. I'm looking here. Uh, shout, uh, give credit out to the Yankee Institute, YankeeInstitute.org. 200,000 people have moved out of Connecticut in 20, 2010 as the state economy declined. Is, that, back is in that for that December one year or is that for the whole totality? Uh, looks like it was. Uh, that one uh, year? No, that was that was over over ten years. So between twenty between two thousand ten and two thousand twenty, an estimated two hundred thousand people have left the state of Connecticut. Is, is there any articles on there between how many people have left since then? Because I guarantee that number is probably in the millions. It's hard to say. Yeah, that can go back and look through data, but just kind of giving some people some. some I mean, listen, of, I respect I respect everybody that makes that decision. And it's a difficult one because I know, I mean, I know, I understand you were in college, Chris, and I, I was just finishing mine, but that, that was a whirlwind. Uh, the, the move for me was a whirlwind. I mean, between the decision to move, which I had to obviously make early June to pretty much get up and get up all my stuff together, put all my like lively possessions in a car and then start over. Oh, yeah. It's not an I easy thing it. to do, but at the same time, was it worth it? Eh, you asked me a million times over, I'll do it again. Uh, you know, and that's just I now. I had a suitcase yeah. and a carry-on and went to LaGuardia Airport and uh, never looked back. I mean, we, we do occasionally do go home. You know, there's no there's no ill will towards our families by any means, by the way. We, we do have good relationships with our, our families. And, and you know, I, I wish they can move themselves down to where we are, too. But... Uh, you know, for obviously, you know, financial reasons <laughs> to help them out a little bit on that regard. But I don't. Oh, more stubbornness. Yeah, that's that's probably what sums it up perfectly well between mine and yours. It's it's, hey, I spent all this time paying off this house. I want to enjoy it. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And um, it's one of those unique stories because I think we're not the only two out of the bunch. Obviously, in that year, in that ten-year period of time, you said it. 210,000 people have left. One thing oh. is what it's not the, how do we put it? It's not the experiences of the people, you know, Connecticut, you, you talked about it earlier, Connecticut, people always seem like they're kind of doom and gloom, but when you get down to it, a lot of people, they're blue collar people. There's plain, they're not, they're not some 
shell of themselves. They're not some cookie cutter out of the box. They People in Connecticut have a unique personality to them. Even I get told that being down here in Texas. Um, that we just hit harder, hit louder. Not in a punching or physical format, but we talk <laughs> louder. <laughs> we talk louder. We we hit harder with our points. We know how to go. And we kind of, as they say, fast and loud. And down here in the South, they say slow and low. And Unfortunately, I have not done slow and low since I've been here for over 10 years. <laughs> slow and low. Yep. Slow mainly, and for the, mainly for the old timers that have a hard of hearing. <laughs> well, if you look at it from this perspective, um, yeah, people, people, uh, and I think there's a lot of people, people like up there, but I don't know. Everybody's different. We always talk about, but I certainly think that uh, if you're if you're a young person, you're looking to have some fun. Um, I don't know if Connecticut's your place. Could be, but I think one of the things, and, and, and maybe you'll agree with me. I've, I've used this analogy before. Connecticut and Delaware are very similar states. Because let me let me use this example. Connecticut and Delaware are both in between two major metropolitan areas. You know, Del or State of Delaware is in between, um, you know, Philadelphia and Baltimore. So it's like, hey, I'm from Delaware. You're like, oh, what's really there? It's like, say the same thing about Connecticut. You're like, oh, I'm from Connecticut. So like, you're in between Boston and New York. So it's like, you're kind of in this no man's land per se. It's like, okay, you're from Connecticut. I, I agree. I agree 100%. It, it's just weird because that's the question I get asked all the time down here from random people. It's like, how do you live in Connecticut but you're between Boston and New York? I said, it divides families. That's for damn sure. Oh, yeah. uh, New York sports, Boston sports. Um, but at the same time, it's easy to drive from one side of the state to the other. That's for sure. Not that's like true. Not, not like the ones we're in now, man, where I can stay in the same state for 10 hours. Yeah, same here. From, from uh, mountains to... Uh, to the North Carolina coast, that's about a six-hour drive, so no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Anything else we want to talk about on this thing? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, no, man. I mean, the, the politics aside of it, guys, I mean, it, it's, it's historically a democratic city, so if you're a snowflake, a person on the left... Connecticut is your you place. Like watch, you like to watch MSDNC... You like high taxes. You like high taxes. You like mediocre management of said budget. And oh, if you don't like to have your money, but you like to give it to government, feel free to live there. Uh, and you like the current. And you like the current thing. Also, if you the, like listen to Ned Lamont, uh, it's better than Sutter and Dan. Um, new tax. New tax Ned. New tax Ned. Uh, but overall, we got out of it. And we saved ourselves a lot of years of misery and disdain for living there. I, I guarantee you, I agree with you 100%, Chris. If we were there, we would be straight up miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Yeah. I mean, they've got – I, I believe the last time that a, a Republican won state, a statewide office there, it's been a good 15 years, nasty. I believe. Been a good 15 years, so yeah, but good that, old John Rowland. Yeah, 
Well, even before, yeah. Oh, by the way, also for all you listeners out there, Connecticut's home of great corporate and government corruption. Yeah. So if you want to have a great take down a good business or take down a said strong government, go to Connecticut. You'll learn how to siphon off some cash real quick. But if you're a good corrupt politician, sometimes they'll vote you right back in office, aka Joe Gannum. Good old Joe. Speaking yep. of smoking Joe Gannum, is he still around or is he actually uh, out of office? He's the mayor of Bridgeport still, man. Yeah, see, he's been, he got reelected, what, 2014, 2015? Yeah, 2014 or 2015 after uh, Bill Finch went and worked for, uh, to, to quote the great Rush Limbaugh, Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah, Mr. Finch. And then we had a great educator. That was related to him with it had a great slogan. And it was probably magical to this day. Is the one thing we remember from our great learning exchange of ideas, ladies and gentlemen. That is what we're doing today. It is the bedrock of society. Don't ask the Democrats to believe that because they don't have a bedrock at all. Yeah, that's right. I went there. Uh, we went there. Yeah. I, I had to go there, buddy. I'm sorry. We, you know, they don't like what. They only like to live in their own little bubble. Whatever works for them. Yep. As they say, the rules for thee, but not for me. Oh, we can do this all night, ladies and gentlemen. But we're not going to do that because we don't, we don't like to kick a dead horse in the mouth. That's just not funny, uh, especially come around election time. Make sure you vote early and often. Uh, that's the only reason why we both left, too. Uh, Democrats, you vote on Wednesdays. Yep. <laughs> Democrats, you vote three weeks before. Uh, and, or, the, uh, or the day after. Or the day after. And if you have any dead relatives, they vote too. Yeah. And they vote early enough. But also the great part about living down south is our vote counts twice in the opposite direction. The Electoral College is a beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. It is a magical occurrence where our state, like the one I'm in, uh, yeah, <laughs> we make an election happen. <laughs> Florida, Arizona, North Carolina. Ohio, Pittsburgh, PA. We make the things happen. So get out of the 203. Get out of New England. You know, unless you want to go to New Hampshire, then you'll be the first one to vote for president. That's cool. Nostalgia for that reason. And they got uh, constitutional carry up there. Yeah, they do. And they don't have state income taxes there. So, live, you know. Live for your die. Well, that's cool. I just don't like the snow anymore. I don't, speaking of that, do you miss the snow? Uh, No. Either do I, because uh, uh, we get it here once a year, and it pretty much shuts down the entire country when we get it down here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the last two years, we've had snowstorms that have been crippled the electrical grid and roads and other things else. Which, by the way, not to say this to be crazy, but there are crazy, stupid idiots in state governments in the South, too. And, you know... You have your crazy governor over there, or or dictator, as you would call them during COVID. Conrad Cooper. Yeah, Conrad Cooper. Uh, we also had, I call him a squish habit sometimes during COVID. But at the same time, I do love the the great things that he's doing now, and that is flying and busing immigrants to cities that are awesome. They're sanctuary cities. Yeah. Also, imagine, Chris, if we lived in Florida, 
how awesome would it be if we had Mr. Ron DeSantis as our governor? You know, he is he has taken the claim of America's governor. I don't know if you go. I mean, can you call him America's mayor too, or is that against the? Uh, that was Rudy, that was Rudy Giuliani. Well, I I, I can't bring up old Rudy because Rudy's uh, that Rudy's, was Rudy got, Rudy's got to eat at the case of the dementia, or he forgot where he came from. I don't... <laughs> that, was, uh, that was Rudy Giuliani. I don't think we I don't think we've established America's uh, America's America's mayor anymore. I think I think uh, I think that title will always be held by by Rudy Giuliani. But all joking aside, everybody, I appreciate the listen. But we, we're only two kids out of a very small, a very large group of people. And obviously, what we talk about is the reason why. Like, I, I don't know. Obviously, Chris, you have a family and everything else and bought houses and moved around the great state of, of you know, North Carolina and had all that fun. I have only lived in one city in this big ass state. <laughs> it's hard to fuck. It's hard to move. <laughs> yes, it is. Problem uh, is, you got too many people moving there, as as in here. Cut. I don't know, man. Here. I think we got it worse. I think we got it worse than you. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you're you're you guys are bad. Here, here, we just cut. It, we just deforest the. Uh, we just deforest everything. It's like every time I see another, another. Uh, forest of trees cut down, I, I get kind of depressed, I'm not going to lie. Like All those trees being cut down to put about 200 more houses there. But all, with all jokes aside, I think we can both agree that we are both better human beings because we got out of that state. Uh, even though we have left our families behind there, they'll come around eventually and join us sometime. Uh, or not. Or not. And uh, we can always try, you know. Or you can have, like, my family, one of my good relatives, move back into the state. I have no idea what he is thinking, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> what it is. And, and I just feel bad because he spent way too much money on a house. <laughs> but as most things happen in life, you live and you learn, right? And, uh, oh, yeah. Everybody, I appreciate the listen. Uh, this has been a fun conversation of, we'll do better really of, of, of nostalgia. <laughs> but... Uh, We'll do another one of these next week. Hopefully talk about some really awesome things coming around the corner. We are six weeks away from election week or election month for you Democrats out there. Make sure you vote early, often on Wednesday or on Monday. Or if you're in Pennsylvania, make sure you vote. I don't know. Between now and debate day. I don't, I don't know. Oh, by the way, vote for Dr. Mehmet Oz, will you? Please let yeah. let the Republicans take that seat because old boy can't put two sentences together either. You get two guys that can't complete sentences, it's gonna be a bad time between Joe Biden and, and Fetterman. I don't I don't know who can't complete sentences worse. We but, don't need Shrek in Congress <laughs> in the Senate. Wait 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 wait. Yeah, that's that, that that's Shrek. Where's this donkey? <laughs> yeah, guy's literally uh, Shrek. The guy is shot. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate the listen. Feel free to follow us on social media. I'm a Yankee Cowboy 2-7, Wilkins Esports, and have fun. Enjoy your week, everybody. Uh, don't do anything we wouldn't do, a.k.a. watch NASCAR, Texas. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I go there? Oh, crap. <laughs> God, sorry, dude. Don't go watch NASCAR, Texas. It's a terrible track. Turn one to pay the ass. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you, man. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, everybody. 
thank you for listening to this episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to join us on social media to continue these great conversations and more.